building winning habits. There is a commitment behind it, and that's what we have to learn. Blackhawks Live. Kershaw fires a shot, block, here's a shot for Bedard, he scores! Hunter Bedard, it's his 11th goal on the season. Got it back to Kershaw, drop pass, Bedard, top of the left circle, he fires, he scores! What a shot by Connor Bedard! I think he's capable of everything and anything. Just with the little sample I've seen in the last two days, it's definitely impressive what he does in the ice. Where are you from? Chicago. Now, it's time to talk Hawks. <laughs> Go Blackhawks! Here's Joe Brand. The best in the city of Chicago. Fresh off the best homestand of the year, the Hawks unable to pick up a point, at least a point in every single game after a 4-2 loss to the Washington Capitals, but they string together their first set of three straight games with at least a point, a two-game winning streak, and a lot more positives in the last four games by the Chicago Blackhawks. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. And John Hansen joins us for the first half hour. You might recognize John Hansen's voice here from 720 WGN. You might recognize his voice or his face from the United Center. He's the in-arena MC along with Jenna Rose. And he's just one of our pals that hangs oh. around here all the time as well. Yes, I do. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. This is cool. Thanks for finally agreeing to have been on the show. Yeah, Steve Bertrand made a, a little joke earlier when Kevin mentioned that I was coming on, he goes, "Oh yeah, real tough, tough get there for for Joe Brand." <laughs> but I have rejected you twice. So That's true. So yeah, turned it was, you down. Honestly, yeah, no other guest has turned me down twice. I mean, <laughs> Boris Kachuk, yeah, yeah, I'm in, Joe. Let's yes. let's let's record right John now. Hansen, nah, I can't. Yeah, I no. can't possibly but, uh, stay another twenty minutes. But no, we we appreciate you hopping on, and I, it is a little tricky because the team is utilizing this day to travel up to Canada mm-hmm. and, and enjoying the off day. But I I enjoy talking to other people around the Hawks and getting to know different jobs that people are doing, different things, and behind-the-scenes stuff. We had yeah. Chris Foster's here a couple of weeks ago. Um, he and I go way back, so it was cool just to kind of dive into his job now. And we were saying before, this is 12 years for you now with the Hawks. Yeah, in some capacity. And, yeah, the behind-the-scenes stuff is really cool because, and I'm not just saying this because I'm part of this team. I'm a small part of this behind-the-scenes team. But the shows that the Blackhawks put on, yes, bar none, before I got there, while I've been there, and while we continue getting to host these things, are just great shows, right? And that has been consistent through the cup years, and that has remained consistent as this team has found you know its new levels and where it's going to go from here. Um, it's an amazing amount of work that goes on behind the scenes from I don't think people realize how many people it takes to run a scoreboard, let alone to plan for bits and to get cool moments at the United Center. Like last night, we had our very first um, the the Rocky chairs where he sat honoring fans that come there. That takes a whole team to get people to find out, you know, who's going to get nominated, who value, you know, who are we going to put in those seats? What's that moment going to look like? How do we get pictures of these people that are going to be sitting there? How do we put together a cool moment? Let's practice it three or four times. Oh, and I, I've been there for the dress rehearsals because yes. it goes on and on and on before we actually start the game. It takes, there is a science to crowd excitement and to be a part of it is really cool. So 12 years ago, I was like 26 years old, and I, um, Gene Honda, public address announcer, right? He had been a student at down in Champaign-Urbana at WPGU many decades before I was there. Sorry, Gene. And we had got to know each other. I got to run the station, the student radio station, WPGU, and he was one of the alumni who came down. So we had kind of started this little relationship. Well, when the Cubs 
two announcers ago, public address announcers, had an audition for who would be the next announcer. I didn't get the gig, but I was somewhat close. And Gene knew about this little journey. So he said, well, guess what? They want a new backup for me at the United Center. Do you want to try out? And I got to try out in in front of all the head leaders of the organization who were some really big names in Chicago in 2011, and I got the gig. So for a few years there, I was just there, what, five, six games a year when Gene Honda has White Sox uh, you know, commitments or the Final Four. And that's quite a gig on its own, oh, just backing up for Gene Honda. It was Honda. cool. It was yeah. cool. Um, but it was only like six or seven times a year. But I got to see some really cool games. I was I've, I've called two Patrick Kane hat tricks as public address announcers. The the um, the why isn't his name escaping me? But the backup, the third string goalie. Oh, uh, the the e bug. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Was it Foster? Scott Foster. Scott Foster. Yeah, yeah. The e-bug. I got to do that game. Um, there's been a couple hockey fight cancer nights when Enzo was going through it that I was the public address announcer for. So some really cool moments that test your mettle as someone who's in their late 20s, early 30s in front of 20,000 fans that are going crazy. And then it was about 2017 when they started having arena hosts. And they had Jackie Kostek, who's over at CBS2 now, do it for the first year. And then they kind of had rotating hosts for a couple of years. And I thought, you know, that's kind of what I do on this morning show that I was on at the time. And Mike Horn, who is the game day ops guy, the guy who runs this stuff, I just asked him once, hey, you're rotating through hosts, can I try once? And I got to try a game in March of 2019 to be the host where you do the games and you introduce things and you have fun with fans. And shortly after that, they said, do you want to do every game next season? Nice. And I've been doing it since. You do so many things throughout the game, and I, I, I know you're probably going to say Pucko, but <laughs> yeah. do you have a favorite thing? I have a lot, you know, Pucko is a game. But just one, I mean, just one thing that you like, and, and I get it, you know, we have these great jobs, they're a lot of fun, everyone says, oh, does it, do you ever get tired? Like, of course, there's days that drain on yeah, yeah. other than others, but is there one specific part of the day, of all the events, that you really enjoy that, that is just the top? I love the end of the Junior Hawks race. Okay. I like calling the race out there. I get to do a little play-by-play, um, and we always try and make it an exciting ending, take that for what it's worth, and there's... I mean, you got six, seven, eight kids who this is like the moment of their life that they're skating in front of their friends and family and the crowd gets into it and then you get to interview one of them afterwards (laughs) and they're usually just so amazed that you're there on the Jumbotron and this year I started having them show replays of themselves doing it so they can take a look at them diving under. This is when you're busy doing the intermission reports, but there's just something about that moment that every single night I look forward to. I'm like, that's going to be fun, no matter what happens. I meant to use your statistics of shoot the puck oh, yeah. yesterday because actually Troy jumped out during that second intermission. We normally oh, yeah. get to ask Troy a bunch of questions, and I'm like, you know what? You had some time to fill. Now is the time, and I forgot. I do you totally want me forgot. to? Do you want me to pull him? No, up? no, I don't. But thank you okay. very much for for remembering it. We got John Hansen here real quick before we get to a break. Is being the host of Price Is Right still your dream job? Yeah, I mean, right. It's kind of what I do for the Hawks. That would be cool. I don't think they're going to call, but if they ever did, I'd do really well at that. I think that would actually be the one thing in life that I was actually, quote, born to do. <laughs> More on that and what John Hansen was born to do on Blackhawks Live 720 WGN. No, it's not Your Money Matters. It's Blackhawks Live, but John Hansen's still sticking around here on 720 WGN. Bumping? Are we going into space or you something? Know, <laughs> I, oh, there we go. I did not know I this was the intro to started. this. Like you beaming me up? What is happening here? <laughs> Normally, I let the the sound play out a little bit too because yeah. I'm a big fan of. Uh, it takes me back to my college radio days. That that song was Magic by the Cars. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see it. I forgot that's how it started. You know what's funny is the programming software we use here at GN, same one I used in college. Oh, really? It, it's literally like an iPhone with just all colorful buttons, and it's <laughs> made so that anyone can operate it. Because all you got to do is hit it to play and, and move on to the next one. You went to a fancy college. I still, in my first couple of years of college radio, had to do the re-racking of the 8-tracks and stuff like that. I was, uh, I was You're gonna, a little younger than me, I Joe was going to make that joke, yeah. but we're not separated by that many years, nope. I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, a little bit ironic, I would have gone to U of I had I gotten in, oh. but I'm kind of glad I didn't. I really enjoyed my experience at Illinois State University. That's what everyone says after they uh, get rejected from someplace. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. It um, worked out for the better through tears. It, it did. But well, you're absolutely right. You're I mean, it worked right. out better for me. And I mean, clearly clearly for you, too. Man, I mean, the, the U of I connections is mm-hmm. based, basically a direct route to the Hawks. Uh, Gene Honda, fantastic human being, too. He's a great guy. You know what we started doing this year? If you haven't been to a game, we... Oh, I uh, love this. I've been begging for years for them to install cameras in front of Gene and Frank Pellico, the organist, and we were able to do it this year. So Gene and I interact a little bit in the games. We show him on camera announcing the power plays because Gene Honda is like a legend in the city, not only having done the White Sox since the early 80s, but the Blackhawks full-time since like 0203, I think, is when he took over for the great Harvey Wittenberg, also a U of I and WPGU alum. I'll just throw that out there, who's still at a lot of the games, too. Um, but yeah, it's fun to show Gene on the screen. He's got this incredible voice. I'm sure you all know it. And uh, he's also just like the nicest human. And he loves talking to fans. It's just such a cool little roll call with all yeah. you guys. It, it reminds me of... 80s rock radio. All right, right. Now we'll go to Frank with traffic. And, yeah. I mean, I know we're doing it here, but it, yeah. it's just cool to, to show everyone in, in the little snippets. And Gene's playing into it now. He's looking at the camera when yeah. he's saying power, power play. play. I and, said that I think that when he says power play and looks in the camera, that his eyes should turn beet red and then lasers should shoot out <laughs> out of the ice. Just to really amp these moments up. That idea got rejected, which is just goes to show that it's a collaborative process. That uh, how have. many ideas do you throw at the Blackhawks a day? A lot of them. Yeah. They ask for them, though. Yeah. This team is really good about like everyone contributing to what can we do to make the fan experience uh, different. Yeah, I've been to a lot of different arenas, and a lot of them do a lot of great work. But what we try and do at the Blackhawks is do things differently, weirder. And what I like to try and do when I come up with either my John on the Job segment, which is literally they just say, do whatever you want. Wait, tell us right beforehand. Okay. And, <laughs> I'm going to dig through the trash real right. quick. I try and... Like, use the space of the arena in a cool way, right? Because so much of this is, like, done on video boards now, and we're on our phones. My goal is to get people to watch for whatever, what could come next. So we've done a couple, this a couple times, just the, uh, I started doing, um, like, a a scavenger hunt between sections, digging through purses, trying to have people rush items to me in the middle of the aisle. I've done a Pictionary game, 100 level versus 300 level, where we have two contestants literally drawing pictures, and yes, 1, 2, 3, 100 level, what is that? And they all scream it out loud at once, and somehow it works. It's fun to play with 20,000 friends to try and find a way to do something cool and different. It's interactive. That's funny. I yeah. I, re- I remember one time uh, on a Cubs television broadcast when they put out the new Gallagher Parkway in that triangle lot, and they've got the, the big video board out there mm-hmm. watching the game, and then they go out to there and they show all the fans watching the game, and Jim DeShakes goes... All right, hey, let's play a little Simon Says. Yes. Simon Says, tap your hat, and all of a sudden you see some fans doing, doing it, it. And, and you know, and they're part of it. That's cool because I haven't traveled much with the Hawks, but with mm-hmm. the little that I did, you pick little things that's going on. But I wholeheartedly agree, and it's not just because we've got this connection with the Hawks. The Hawks do something 
unique, more unique than any other team out there, right. and more interactive and more personal. And my favorite game is the game right before Christmas. I just oh, feel like there's it's like Tommy Hawks. There's just so much party, going yeah. on. And what did they do last year with the Columbus Blue Jackets in town? The Blue Jackets mascot was there, yeah. and uh, they did they did the Grinch, and then they showed a Blue Jackets fan, and everyone's booing them. And there's just so many things. It's going to be awesome this year. I cannot give all things away, but I know things are going to be flying from different places of the arena that they've never <laughs> flown from. Things or people or mascots flying from places they've never flown from. But see, now now you bring up a good point because it, it seems like the Hawks will try things, they'll experiment with things, and then you never see it again. Yeah, that and, happens sometimes. I, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive that it, you're just using an arena as a guinea pig. Well, and we are, and I think that that's what makes our show really unique is that there is a point where you we're really re- we're, we're professional in that we're rehearsed and we know what's coming and we try and make these really moments those moments specials. But we definitely embrace the idea of. Be authentic. If a fan says something silly while I'm walking around with a microphone, don't try to ignore and hide away from it. Lean into it. If a kid does something silly, lean into it. If a mistake has happened, that that can be a gift. I kind of liken it to the Channel 9 morning show. Yeah. And that's always was my philosophy on TV, too, is that mistakes are going to happen. Don't pretend that they didn't. Just embrace it and, and realize sometimes that those it ends are, up being more entertaining. It ends up being way better. And so that's kind of our philosophy. It's like, do it and do it right, but don't shy away from moments and these authentic moments that happen. Like, one of my favorite things to do is to watch where Sergio, who runs our scoreboard, the fans that him and the camera operators are finding... Did someone do something fantastic, some dance move, flex something? Guess what? We had a guy in one of the opening games. He had these gigantic muscles, was flex, flexing. The fans got into it. I then was like, what section is he in? I'm going to him. We're going to do an arm wrestling contest nice. with two minutes left in the game. We did that. We had a fan that was lip syncing so good to DJ Oreo that are in intermission that I'm like, well, let's hear Oh, was this the last game? There was a couple games ago. Oh, DJ okay. Oreo was there last game. Well, yeah, but the, the, the one fan that was up dancing oh, and then right. stole the show, stole with, the show. with their dance move. Moves. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. That's cool because in the summer when I do the Kane County Cougar games, we transition from a radio broadcast to a TV broadcast, and I, it's a lot of kids working, you know, the the cameras and the and the operations and everything. And I told them, anything you find interesting, put on there. Yeah, like I don't care. I'm not going to say that's dumb or stupid yeah. or, or boring. Like anything, try it. And it was raining one day, and someone showed us the craziest umbrella that was out there. It was I don't know, million colors and, and dots, and kind of made fun of it. Then we went to a Batman umbrella, and then we just started showing Crazy different umbrellas. umbrellas. The entire the yeah. entire cast ended, you, up, ended up being great for to clip and put it on social, and it was a great time. Yeah, I know I brought up the Price is Right question, mm-hmm. but do you remember the first job you wanted? First job I wanted, yeah, I think it was this. I used to love going. I love sports for the for the sports that happen, but I love the rising crescendo of applause and laughter. I used to go to the old Chicago Stadium, and I just loved the momentum that the fans would build on a breakaway towards a goal. And I just, the theater of sports always captivated me. Like, what captures people's attention? And it's a thing that's gotten harder and harder with everyone having their phones, too. And I think I always wanted to do something in the idea of sports entertainment. And to be able to do it, 41 games a year, every home game is... It's a pinch me moment for sure. Just kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Let me rephrase that. WGN hosting a financial show <laughs> was the first job I ever wanted. What about the legal show? The legal the legal show. Absolutely. <laughs> no, and I will say, I, I know you got to get to this break of the news. Man, it's like you do this. Uh, yeah. 
I right now in, in my career, I've gotten to do some really cool things, have my hand in a lot of different pots. I love law. I love, I didn't go to law school, but I wanted to, I wanted to for a long time. So to host a legal show on here and talk with experts and like really kind of dive deep into certain topics is awesome. I don't have a lot of money. I don't know a lot about money, but I've always been interested in business and how that works and, and that the relations to it. I like being a goofball on a jumbotron and I like telling local news stories with block club Chicago. I like finding good news stories from people in neighborhoods that need to hear some good news. So people ask why I have four jobs. It's so I can tickle all those parts of my brain at once. And it's, I'm lucky that I get to be able to do it. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for finally saying yes. Yeah, no problem, Joe Brand. Have a good rest of your show. Thank you. Get out of here. I know your vocal cords needs a little break. Go Hawks! Go Hawks. Blackhawks Live coming up after Steve Ruxton's news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. A little more traditional bump back into the show. Thank you, Jack Heinrich. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Big thanks to John Hansen for hanging around another half hour and allowing his vocal cords to be strained a little bit more, but a great chat with him. I, I do agree. It's it's just it's such a performance that he and Jenna and the Hawks put on, and I, I wanted to get in a little bit more about the big events that he was talking about, the number of retirements, the returns for players, things like that are, are just so well done and such a pageantry. And so many times, like the Marion Hosa number retirement last year, I remember telling people to take the Hawks scoring first because it's such a rush, it's such a ride, and it does play into the team's play a lot, or at least a goal in the first five minutes from either team. And for the most part, those bets tend to pay out when there's a big event like that. So looking ahead, Chris Chelios night when they retire as number 7 against the Detroit Red Wings, Patrick Kane's return to the United Center for the first time. I would I would highly recommend that as well. Speaking of the recent Blackhawks, coming off a four-game homestand, 2-1-1, one one, most recently a loss to Washington, but these last four games have just been so much better in terms of progression to where we want to see the Hawks. First game against Nashville wasn't great, but they got a point. Next game against Anaheim, a little bit better. They get two points. And then a great win against St. Louis, and then just a, a much better overall effort against Washington, even though they fell 4-2. to two. I thought Jason Dickinson said this after we chatted with him after the St. Louis win, but apparently he didn't. Our producer, Jack Heinrich, uh, scoured through the entire interview, and I thought he had something to say about chasing the lead. So someone else must have said that. But you can tell the difference in this team where the score is. And I know that sounds pretty Captain Obvious, but they were down 3-1. They were down 4-1 at one point. And their style of play is so much different than when they're up by a goal or up by two goals. And again, yeah, that could be the case for every hockey team. But for this team that struggles to get the lead so much and struggles to get the first goal so often, it plays such a big difference in their game overall because then they get a little bit too tense They start forcing these passes that really aren't there. And then the other team is able to just pounce on the mistakes that the Hawks cough up. We saw a lot less of that on this recent homestand. Another thing we saw a lot more of, youth, guys from Rockford coming up, providing an extra spark, an extra energy. I'm in love with this line of Alex Vlasic and Louis Crevier. 
A lot of other people are, too. But Joey Anderson flying on this line with Dickinson and Felino, Cole Gutman winning all those hard battles, and all those guys are coming up from Rockford where it just seems like a lot of things are going right. There's a good vibe down there in terms of those guys clicking together. And not just translating to wins and losses, but team camaraderie, team chemistry, putting together the right structure. And that's why you're seeing those guys produce up at the NHL level. And I thought Jason Dickinson put it perfectly when we chatted with him after the win against St. Louis the other night. I said it earlier that it's going to take contributions from everybody for us to win on uh, any given night. And um, the contributions these guys are bringing is uh, life. They're bringing uh, joy. They're, they're happy to be here, but they're not taking it for granted. They're going out there and they're playing hard, and it's inspiring to everybody else that's around it. Um, it it's easy to get complacent in your role here and uh, feel content that, you know what, I'm an NHLer. Um, but you see these guys that are fighting for it. See these guys with, uh, they're getting one game here, down in Rockford for another. Philly's been up and down half a dozen times already this season. You know, they come up and they, they just want to play their hardest. And I think that's what uh, is the biggest thing is that they're giving us everything they've got and it, it's contagious. And that's going to continue throughout the years. There's still so many guys in this Hawks organization that, the front office feels and thinks so highly of. I mean, imagine the buzz that there's going to be with this team when Frank Nazar comes up, or Oliver Moore. I mean, right now, we're talking depth guys. We're talking a seventh-round pick from 2020 in Louis Crevier. It's going to keep continuing, and I understand that Hawks fans are frustrated right now with wins and losses and how the team is... Had a rough time scoring goals, even getting a little bit back to those habits last night against Washington after winning back-to-back games. But this is what entails making a rebuild successful. You've got to go through these rough years, and you've got to pull out the silver linings, the small positives in certain spots when you can, because of how overly critical we are about this team. Got a lot of people hammering about the goaltending situation. And I get it. I understand. Peter Mrazek's doing great. Arvid Sutterbloom, not so much. I don't know how many times I have to break it down that this is a year for the Hawks to see what they have in Arvid Sutterbloom, and I understand that you are fully convinced that they don't have anything in Arvid Sutterbloom. I think that's a little premature, but to each their own. And... If this is a case where Arvid Sutterbloom turns out to not have a very distinguished NHL career, I don't think that gives you the right to say, see, see what I told you. Like, th- there's nothing to lose for the Hawks right now for trying out Sutterbloom. Peter Mraza can't play in every game. And I said on the postgame show yesterday, if you look at the depth, you look at the two guys in Rockford, Jackson Stauber, numbers aren't great. I know what he did at the NHL level last year. Let's be honest. That was a unique situation. The Hawks had a continuous merry-go-round of injured goalies, and Stauber came up, and you got to give credit to him. He did what he needed to do. He performed at that level. But even last year, his numbers in Rockford weren't great. Numbers in Rockford right now aren't great. And then Drew Comesso, a 21-year-old goaltender, has played, I think, 11 games professionally. I don't know if the Hawks are ready to just bring him up and let him be 
goalie number two or one B. Maybe a little short stint, maybe like a game or two. I feel like they did that with Corey Crawford before Crawford really hit the ground running as the mainstay goaltender. But Soderblom is under contract until after next season. And it's hard to be a goaltender in the NHL. I know what the issues are. I know his rebounds have been rough. And his rebounds can directly lead to goals. I know, as Darren Pang put it, sometimes his hockey awareness isn't quite there. But let's face it, the Hawks' defense isn't perfect. And again, I'll ask, if Jackson Stauber comes up here and isn't able to shut things down like Peter Mrazek, are you going to be just as harsh on Jackson Stauber as you are on Arvid Sutterbloom? Again, not saying that Arvid Sutterbloom needs to be here. I understand why he is here and why the Hawks are being patient with him and just giving him the experience that I think he needs to fully see what they have and if he can be a a full-time NHL goaltender. The Hawks hit the road up to Canada today. They're taking on the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow. Edmonton has won seven straight games. They're the hottest team in the NHL after letting go their head coach, Jay Woodcroft. At, for a while, it was Minnesota, and now it seems like Edmonton has kind of taken over with that. Boy, is this year an example of how much a, a head coaching change can play a role. I mean, I know... Hockey is a very momentous game, but man, the track record this year is really showing things to front offices and fan bases of how quickly things can change with a head coaching move. But I think it'll be a good challenge for the Hawks, putting together a handful of solid games. Now they've got to go in a very tough environment, playing up at the Rogers Center. Is that what it's called? Might be. That's also where the Blue Jays play, I think. I was even there. That was one of the places I visited. I know Rogers is in there. They're, they're like all Rogers up there in Canada. Anyway, Edmonton is one of the better teams. Whether they had a rough start to the season or not, they went in as a potential Stanley Cup threat. So it'll be a good challenge. And then after that, the Hawks take on Seattle. Seattle's slumping a little bit later. Maybe they can take advantage of them. But again, the Hawks are not in a situation, a position to be taking opponents lightly. Kevin Korczynski remains on non-roster, at least as far as we've heard. The Hawks did make a move today. They've placed Jared Tenorti on injured reserve, retroactive to December 5th. He's still in concussion protocol. It's been a rough couple of years now for Jared Tenorti, dealing with so many different things. and He is another big piece of this defense, part of that bruising defense that the Hawks have looked now. That's the thing I wanted to bring up with Kevin Korczynski on the non-roster and guys like Isaac Phillips, Alex Vlasic, Louis Crevier, Seth Jones, all those guys on the defensive side of things. Now the Hawks are a much different looking team defensively. Their smallest guys are Connor Murphy and Nikita Zaitsev. That's saying something compared to where they were at the beginning of the year. And it made sense for the opponents that they had in St. Louis and Washington. So now hopefully that can play a part in this upcoming game against the Edmonton Oilers. But also uh, Philip Roos was called up earlier today. So that was the corresponding move with the Jared Tenorti news. We got any Christmas bumps? I'm not saying change it now, but... 
Jack Heinrich, change it right now. No, that's not what I want. I'm, I'm a big Christmas music fan, so I just kind of want to get in the holiday spirit. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Jack Heinrich is our producer. He's also our in-arena reporter for WGN Radio. He does just about everything around here. Jack, what do you got for Jack's last thoughts? I'll be looking for the Christmas music for next week. <laughs> I know we have some somewhere. Um, for me, I was I was a little disappointed in the result yesterday. Um, this homestand seemed like they were really starting to turn it around. You know, they had all this drama at the beginning of the year, but it's Bedard's debut and extra media attention, and they played a really tough schedule. Um, so they had that going on, and then obviously you have the off-ice issues. Um, so it, it finally seemed like they're getting back to playing hockey, coming back home, and they were playing well, and then yesterday it just kind of felt like they fell into those same uh, issues, a good first period, and then it kind of tapered off after that. And um, that's what Nick Felino was saying. They have, like, little outbursts after the game he was saying, like little met hiccups, I guess, um, in the middle of games, and it cost them games. And um, that's something they got to clean up. And the schedule's back again being tough again going on the road and right before the holidays. But hopefully the, um, they can take the momentum coming out of this homestand I'm just kind of get back to playing hockey is what I've been seeing. What was the atmosphere like in the dressing room yesterday? They they were pretty frustrated. Um, Connor Murphy talked and Nick Felina talked, and it was a tough loss. You expect that two leaders to talk. And um, there's obviously positives to pull um, from the homestand as a whole, but you could tell they wanted to win that game or at least get a point and keep the streak rolling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a couple other players um, kind of finishing up, walking out, and you could tell that, um, the, they weren't happy with the result. Um, I wouldn't say they were down. I think it was just more frustrated because they're expecting more from themselves. You bring up Connor Murphy. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the pass from Connor Bedard on that oh, yeah. backhanded cross-ice feed. And honestly, I mean, it's kind of been happening a lot this year where I get to a post-game show or a Blackhawks Live and you know we're halfway through or towards the final four minutes and, oh boy, we haven't really even talked about Connor Bedard. But I just think that He's continued to be just everything we expected him to be, that it's it's already status quo. It's it's already we we knew he could do this. We knew he could do stuff like this. And maybe it's not as consistent as some fans want, but he's an eighteen year old in the NHL and I think it was the St. Louis game. He may have had one shot on goal in the first two periods. Then they start getting on these power plays and he's just whipping these wristers and a lot of them hit the glass i think he had five missed shots by the end of the game yeah but it missed everything and that includes the defense that includes all the traffic in front of the net i mean that's i know the name of the game is to get the puck in the back of the net but the fact that he's missing everything else before that and he just continues to do it like he's got that vision still he's he's got that ability and he's still the most likely guy to score a goal at any given moment in every any given game for the Hawks. Yeah, he and it's nice at the United Center they show a lot of replays of his shots and like they have that big video board and you can see they get the angles and you can see how good his shot is of just how he's able to maneuver it around a defender and get it off. I mean, yesterday he hit the crossbar and he you could tell like he's I think he Oh, he was very still, frustrated yeah, after that one. Yeah, he's still adapting to the NHL. I mean, this is a guy that scored what like 70 something goals last year. You know what? I, I he's still adapting to the NHL. I think he's getting frustrated he's not scoring as much. I think he just holds himself to such a high standard. He thinks he should be scoring every night. He does. And if if anyone is frustrated about his frustration, um that goal that you're the the shot that rang off the crossbar that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I I remember it cuz it 
had a great look, nearly caught it, but instead it, it rings off the crossbar. And he kind of just skates away. He, he's staying in the play. He doesn't start showing that frustration until the whistle is blown. Right. The play's dead. Then he's like, ah, oh, man, I miss it. You know, it's, it's all afterwards. And that's what Luke Richardson Going has said. Going to the bench, that Yeah, kind of it's, it's, it's all after the play. And it doesn't roll into the next shift. So those are the traits you want to see, even if he is still a little frustrated. But, I mean, it's, it, the consistency is going to come. If, if people are worrying that they're not seeing bigger numbers than what he's putting up right now, even though he leads the team in points and goals, you're, you're just getting a little too picky or a little too antsy or maybe even a little too spoiled with yeah. what we've gotten from Connor yeah, so far. I mean, you just... I mean, he's been on the top line. He's had a bunch of different combinations already. They wanted Taylor Hall up there. He gets hurt. Anthony Sioux's been hurt. Um, they had to trade. They trade for Bovillier. So he's still trying to figure out all of his stuff here in the NHL. And they they've thrown him on the top line. He's still trying to figure out his shift lengths. That's something Richardson's talked about. And um, you can yeah, tell he's, he's working he, at it. He's he's trying to figure out where his skills lie. Mm-hmm. He, he, there's a lot of moments where maybe he's hanging onto the puck too much, or he's trying to get too cute with a pass. But then he throws that backhanded saucer yeah. pass to Connor Murphy, and it's like, oh yeah, this is why. He that does was a it. couple games coming. He's tried that, and then he got yeah. it to Murphy, and 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 these guys got to get used to playing with him too. They said that in the preseason, and he thinks it as such a different way that the guys around him got to get used to it. That's Jack Heinrich. Big thanks to John Hansen for hopping on as well. I'm Joe Brand. This has been Blackhawks Live. Next game tomorrow night. Steve Ruxton has your news next here on 720 WGN.